Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. We encourage you to share your story with us at info at Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that by clicking on the giving link located in the description below this video, or go online to fellowshipgj.com, or if you're a member here at Fellowship Church, you can use your fellowship profile on the Church Center app. This will help us to continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's message. Good morning, Fellowship Church, as we are so excited that you're here to worship with us this morning. And whether you're at home or you're here in the building, would you please stand with us? I wanted to read this scripture in Galatians 6. It says, so let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give. And I know I need that reminder lately. I don't give up. Don't give up. God is an unstoppable God. His goodness never stops. His faithfulness never stops. So why should my praise? Why should my praise stop? Why should my thankfulness stop? It shouldn't because he is so worthy. So come on, let's put our hands together and let's worship him. Come on.
What a good group of people we have in the 9 o'clock service of Fellowship Church in Grand Junction, Colorado. Thank you guys so, so much for being here. We've already felt the very presence of God in this place. And I want to, but I want to pray for you. I want to ask God to bring a miracle on your behalf. If there's something big you need God to do, let's make a big request to him this morning. So would you bow your heads with me? If there is something that you need God to do in a very big way that only he can do, would you slip your hand up real high, please? All right, there at home as well. Let's pray. Father, we love you so much. Thank you for your love for us. Forgive us of our sins. Let me just ask you, Father, forgive all of us of our sins. Everything that we said or done, anything that wasn't pleasing to you, Father, we ask that you would create in us a clean heart, forgiving us of all of our sins. and renewing a loyal spirit within us to you, that we would always be what you want us to be. And when we mess up, we turn back to you very quickly. We just get things right with you, Lord. And thank you for being so easy to forgive us and so quick to forgive us. Thank you, Lord, for your love for us. Now, I'm going to pray that every person, the sound of my voice, needs a great uh, action from you, a great miracle from you, that you would bring that even now. You would dispatch your angels Father, and you would give the answers that so badly needed. We, we pray that you would do this, Father. You would just make us the people you want us to be, and then you would do the things through us you want done. We love you. Bring healing to these people in this room, physical healing, uh, marital healing. We pray that you bring financial blessings and prosperity even during this season, and you would receive all the honor and glory and praise for it. And we ask these things in the powerful name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, give him one more hand. Awesome. Well, you guys can head back to your seats as you are. Wave at somebody on the way by. Tell them you're glad that they are here if you are visiting with us from home. You're a part of the online experience. Thank you for being uh, tuned in today. We got people that are watching from Texas this morning. Due to our guest speaker, there's a lot of Texas people watching this morning. So thank you. Welcome uh, to the Ministry of Fellowship Church here in Grand Junction, uh, Colorado. And of course, Colorado is better than Texas, always has been, always will be, just saying. A lot of you have transplanted up here. We get it. We understand that. Then folks watching from all over the country and in other countries we hear from, and thank you so much. After last Sunday's morning's message, we heard from a lot of you after the 9 o'clock service, and thank you for that. Uh, not one negative, not one negative comment. Can you believe that? After last Sunday morning, 9 o'clock, and that's good. And here's the thing. I only mix religion with politics when politics starts messing with my religion. That's the only time I want to do it. But then I'm getting older and I'm crankier, so you're just going to hear about it as you way it is. If we have to edit it, we'll edit it. But it's all right. We can do that. Uh, guys, uh, thank you again for being here. This is a, um, uh, this last week we, we closed down a lot of different activities that were happening uh, due to the fact that our parking lot was being resurfaced. So we have enough of that done now where all the activities of the week are being added back. And of course, our hosts this morning, uh, Pastor Tim and Rebecca, were telling you all about that in the pre-service and they'll talk to you a little bit more about what's happening. All the classes are resuming different things that are happening, so thank you so much. You guys do know that the governor has lifted uh, from 175 to 500 now in meetings, or half. Yeah, so we're real excited about that, and uh, wow, thank you all for paying attention to that and being here today. And for the rest of you, when you feel comfortable, come back into your church service. We ne we're not going to ask anybody to do anything that make them uncomfortable, and we don't want to offend anybody. If you want to come and keep your mask on the whole time, sit back in a very far corner, uh, we get all that, we understand that, but we sure would love to see you again, give you a wave. And, and for those of you that uh, are a little bit more relaxed, uh, uh, wonderful, that's good too. We're thankful for that. But uh, we're not judging anybody. We just want you to do what you're comfortable with uh, during this particular season. Now, uh, this morning as you're giving, of course, we don't pass the buckets in the live service. We have offering boxes at the back. If you want to take out your phone and text give, text tithe, go online. It's a good time for you to do that if you're at home doing that. Uh, many different ways for you to be able to give to the ministries of Fellowship Church, along with old-fashioned mailing in a check and bringing it by the office, things like that. Our people have been so faithful. And guys, uh, let me just tell you thank you for that. 
I mean, I know some of you hadn't been here in a very long time, but you have continued to give of tithes and offerings. The people that come give in the live experience by putting it in an offering box. Thank you guys for being faithful. Thank you for not forgetting that. That, that could have been disastrous, uh, but your church is very blessed because the people are being blessed and they're being faithful with what God told you to do. And uh, hey, we love you for that. I'm going to pray a a prayer of financial blessing on you right now. Would you just bow your head one more time? There at home, you can even wave at the the, the screen if you need to. I just wanna, I just wanna pray a prayer of prosperity over you real quick. Would you just slip your hand up if you could use that? All right, Father, we're your kids, and you say we don't have because we don't ask you. So right now, on behalf of everyone in this room, everyone listening and watching from home. I pray for a prosperity blessing on them, financial blessing on them, that you, Father, would just make their dreams come true. Give them more, abundantly more, than what we we could ask or think. Thank you so much for taking care of us. And bless our people financially. There it is, Father. Bless our people financially. And know you can trust us with money. We're going to get the first 10% right back into your kingdom work through our church. And then, Father, we're going we're gonna to bless other people as well. Thank you. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we don't want to waste too much time, y'all. We got, a, we got a special guest here today, and you guys know him. You guys love him. And uh, when we told you he was coming back, you were thrilled about it. So, hey, everybody, Bill's back. Bill is back. Yeah. Here he is. How are you, man? Much excited to see you. We're gonna uh, do a little bit of elk hunting this next week. Come on, we're gonna do a little bit of elk hunting this next week, which means we're basically going up the mountains and scaring the animals. <laughs> we don't shoot them; we scare them, and then we don't have an opportunity to shoot them. But uh, I asked him while he was here in uh, here in town doing some elk hunting if he would to just speak to us again. God has laid a special anointing on this man of God. We've been friends since our junior year of high school. And uh, lots and lots of stories, most of them we can't share on a Sunday morning. But we're glad you're back. Thanks, Have buddy. fun. These people love, love you, man. you. And most of them are true, actually. So it's great to see you guys. It's just great to be back at Fellowship Church. We love the Hooper family. Uh, we love your staff. And uh, it's just great. It's a wonderful church you have. Have you ever just stopped long enough to realize what a blessed people you are to have a church like this? And uh, I, I bring you greetings from the Met Church in Fort Worth, and we love you very much. Many of our folks uh, watch your services here online each weekend as well. And this COVID stuff has enabled us to, uh, to experience worship in a brand new way and uh, be able to share these services with people who might not otherwise have watched a service. We've seen so many thousands of lives impacted, and so thank you for sharing your services here as we do there as well, because uh, we certainly tune in to all God is doing uh, here at Fellowship Church. This morning, I want to talk to you for a little while, and I want to talk to you about something that I hope will help you. Uh, I want to talk about a subject that has certainly helped me as I'm walking through a, a very a difficult season in my life. I want to talk to you for a few moments about having an unbreakable focus, an unbreakable focus. And if I could subtitle my message, I would do it this way. I, I would talk to you about how to see in the dark how to see in the dark. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 3, to everything there is a season. There's a season. I'm in a season of life this morning. You are as well. There are good seasons and bad. There are happy seasons and sad. There are joyful seasons and mournful seasons, but we all go through seasons. They're inevitable and they are inescapable. During those seasons, sometimes you get your life plowed under. That's part of a season. You have to be plowed before you can reap. And so some of you watching and some of you in the room this morning, you may have had your life plowed under. The soil of your life has been turned over. Maybe financially, maybe relationally, maybe physically, you, you've been turned over. You've been, you've been plowed. Some of you are being planted. You're being sowed into. It's a new season for you, a new opportunity for you, and you're, you're enjoying a, 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 a season of sowing into your life, and you're experiencing that. There are people around you pouring into you. Some of you are being watered. You're being nurtured. You have people around you who love you and are encouraging you. You're being nurtured. And did you know there's another season? There's a season of being fertilized. <laughs> Some of you are being fertilized. Fertilizer, it happens. It's just going to happen. 
And so you're going to go through a season of being fertilized. It's just going to happen. And then there's that wonderful season of reaping. And that's when all of the things begin to make sense and all the dots begin to get connected and you begin to understand a little more about what God was doing through the other seasons of life. So Solomon said to everything, there's a season. And then he said there is a time to every purpose under heaven. Now, he connects time to purpose. And what that says to me is that my time and your time is connected to our purpose here on earth. Here's what I know. I know as long as you and I have purpose, God will give you time. And the moment your purpose is over, your time is up. (laughs) You'll hear a voice that no one else hears. You'll hear a summons that no one else receives. God will simply say to you, come up higher. And you'll step from the temporal into the eternal. You'll become absent from your body. You'll become present with the Lord. And you'll hear him say, I pray, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the presence of your Lord. But until that time, yeah, until that time happens, understand God still has a purpose for you. And I just want to suggest to your heart that part of the purpose of God is developing us. And God often does his deepest work and his most meaningful development of our life in the dark seasons, the night seasons of our life, in the darkness. Sometimes when we can't comprehend it and we don't understand it, God is doing some of his deepest and darkest work. By the way, have you ever thought about it? Darkness is not a thing. Darkness is not a thing. It's the absence of a thing. Darkness is the absence of light. You can't measure darkness There's no wattage that measures darkness like light. We we talk about the speed of light, but there's no speed of darkness. So darkness is the absence of a thing. Darkness is the absence of light. So before you can have a dark season, something has to be withdrawn from your life. Something has to be withdrawn from your life. Maybe a job. Maybe health. Maybe uh, an opportunity you had that you were counting on, and all of a sudden, it's withdrawn from your life, and so the result of that withdrawing of that something is you go into a dark season. And can I tell you from my own experience, sometimes it's not the withdrawal of a something, it's the withdrawal of a someone. Someone God may withdraw or take or remove from your life, and all of a sudden, in that experience, you find yourself in a dark season. But can I go to the point, and the point is God will often use the dark seasons of life to develop us, to develop us. Back when I was a kid, uh, we used to have uh, those little Instamatic cameras. Some of you remember those things? And once once you had shot all the photos on the little camera, you took it to this little kiosk out in the middle of a parking lot, and um, you would leave it with them for, I don't know, half a year or so. (laughs) And they would develop the film. And they would develop the film in a dark room. And what they would do is they would take your film and they would put it through a process where they would remove light from the process because they know if they put light back on your film too soon, it will mar the image. So someone who is skilled in that knows exactly how long to leave the film in the dark room so that the image can be developed. Can I tell you, when you read Romans 8, 28, he's saying all things work together for good to those who love God and those who are called to his purpose. But when you read 29, he says God is using those things, here it is, to conform us into the image, you get the word? The image of his son. So part of the process of development is God is conforming me and you into the image of his son, and he does it oftentimes in the dark room. He will take you into a night season. You think about what gets developed in the dark. A baby is developed in the darkness of a womb. Somebody says, well, the stars come out at night. The stars at night are big and bright. You know the song, Deep in the Heart of Texas. Maybe you don't. (laughs) I couldn't resist it, sorry. But the point is, the stars are out all the time. We just can't see them because there's so much light. You ever go into a jewelry store and uh, they want to show you an item in the jewelry store? Have you noticed what they do when they pull the item from the cabinet? They'll lay the item on a very dark backdrop because they know you cannot see the brilliance and the beauty of the item unless it's placed against a dark backdrop. You know what a dark season is? It's a dark backdrop. 
It's God taking one of his choicest jewels and one of his most precious things in all the world, you, and he's putting your life against a, back, a dark backdrop so that people can see him living through you in a way they, that they might not have seen otherwise. Years ago, Cindy and I were in Hawaii and we went into one of the Wyland galleries and in there, the proprietor of that uh, gallery said, hey, come in here with me. I want to take you back and show you this new painting we have. And so we went into this room and they uh, closed the door and then they pulled these blackout curtains across the door and they said, now sit down for a moment. Then we did. And they dimmed all the lights all the way down until we were sitting in the darkness. So I'm looking at Cindy thinking, this is creepy. <laughs> and and the, the guy said, look, I, I don't want to freak you out. He said, but you, you have too much of the light. You have too much of that sunlight in your eyes, and you're not going to appreciate the brilliance of the colors in this painting until your eyes can adjust. And so in a little while, they began to slowly pull the, the, the lights up to a point where we could see a painting that was so magnificent and beautiful, and, and by the way, unaffordable, but... <laughs> But the point I'm making is we had to get the light out of our eyes to appreciate the beauty of the painting. All I'm saying is to your heart this morning is, guys, God has a purpose not just for the day season. He has a purpose for the night season. God not only has a purpose when you go through wonderful times of blessing and wonderful times of joy in your life, but he has a purpose when you go through enormous times of testing and great times of, of trial in your life. If you have a Bible with me, just for a few moments, I want to lay this out for you, and hopefully it'll help you. In the book of Isaiah, I want to show you a verse, in fact, two verses that really ministered to me as we think about how to see, how do you see in the dark seasons of life. Isaiah 50, verse 10. Notice what Isaiah asks. Who among you fears the Lord? Well, I could ask that of you this morning. And I would tell you, probably 99 and 9 tenths of you would say, I'm in. I fear the Lord. Those of you watching at home, you would say, that's me. I fear the Lord. I don't mean cringing dread of God, that I fear God, that he's going to squash me like a bug in a rug. I don't mean that. I mean you have a reverence for God. You have a respect for him. You have an awe for him. So if I ask you this morning, who among you fears the Lord? I guarantee you, you'd say, that's me. I, you wouldn't be at church today if you didn't have a fear of God, if you didn't love and revere him. So Isaiah asked the question rhetorically. Let's continue. And obeys the word of his servant. Now, he's talking about someone who not only reveres God, but is someone who's obedient to him. And many of you would say, I check that box too. <laughs> I read my Bible. I pray. I share my faith. I give tithes and offerings to my church. I sow money into the place where I receive ministry. So I'm doing the things that God has, has told me to do. And as far as I know, Bill, this morning, I would say I'm one who reveres the Lord. I'm one who obeys the Lord. All right, don't stop reading. Let that one, watch this now, who walks in darkness and has no light. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. How did that get there? I thought if you feared the Lord and you obeyed the Lord, you would never walk in darkness and not have light. I mean, isn't that what we've heard? I mean, if you just follow Jesus and you love him with all your heart and you're worshiping every day, I mean, you'll just be healthy and wealthy and, and wise. Well, sometimes I've found you're sick, broke, and stupid. <laughs> sometimes that doesn't mean anything. I'm just suggesting to your heart that it is possible to love the Lord, to revere him, to be obedient to him, and check this, to walk into a dark season of your life. Not as a result of anything you've done that's wrong. These are people who revered God, people who obeyed God. These weren't, these weren't people who were rebellious against God. These were not people who were not uh, following after God passionately with all their heart. These were people who were doing everything they knew to the best of their abilities and now obedient, reverent in darkness. And God gave them some instruction. He said, let him trust in the name of the Lord. Let him rely on their God. And then he gives a warning. But now all of you who light fires and provide yourselves with flaming torches, go walk in the light of your fires and the torches you've set ablaze. This is what you'll receive from my hand. You'll lie down in sorrow. 
Well, let me kind of dissect this a little bit for your thinking. And what he's saying here in these dark experiences of life, there's a way, there is a way you can see in the dark, and it begins, number one, with this uh, instruction he gave, let the one trust in the name of the Lord. I would put it this way, look to God. <laughs> look to God. Look to him. When you go into a dark season, change your focus. Here's what I found, and maybe you've discovered this too. When you can't rely on your eyesight because you're in darkness, you have to rely on your insight, which is your faith. You remember what Paul prayed in Ephesians 1.18? He said, I pray, now get the phrasing, that the eyes of their heart would be enlightened. Did you get the phrasing? The eyes, of, did you know your heart has eyes? <laughs> you have insight. You have an ability to see from within. Now, what happens when I move into a dark season, I have to let my eyes adjust. And all of a sudden, I'm saying, man, I really can't navigate. I can't see. I can't rely any longer on my eyesight. Now, I'm going to have to rely on something else. Paul said, here's what you do when your eyesight can't be relied upon. Rely on your insight. And I pray for you as a church and those of you watching as Paul prayed, may the eyes of your heart be enlightened. Those of you in a dark season this morning, let me challenge you. Keep your focus on God. Look to the Lord. Let the eyes of your heart be enlightened. Rely on his word. It's your faith that will give you the ability to see in the dark seasons of your life. Faith will change your understanding. You know what understanding is? <laughs> it is the truth you're standing under. And you can stand under a lie. You can stand under something that's wrong. You say, well, according to my understanding, well, you might be understanding the wrong thing. But here's what will never lie to you, and that's your faith. Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing, hearing by God's word. God wor God's word gives understanding, and it gives us something firm to stand under. You remember what Hebrews 11, 1 said? Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things, here it is, not seen. What is faith? Substance. Think about the word substance. Sub. Something that goes beneath the surface. Sub. Submarine. Goes beneath the surface of the, of the water. Substance. Substance. Stance is something upon which you stand. What is faith? Substance. Faith is something that goes beneath me upon which I stand. So when you can't see and you can't navigate, and you got more month than money, and there's a debate with the mate, and you're trying to figure out how in the world are we going to get through this season? Because you're going to have those seasons, right? The debate with the mate. I told a young couple, I, I did their wedding a few weeks ago, and I said, hey, I want to be honest with you. Marriage is the end of your trouble, but it's the front end. <laughs> so anyway. But I'm saying that when you go through these seasons of life, Isaiah is saying, look to the Lord. Change your focus. You say, Bill, I, I don't know how next week is going to go. I, I don't know how the rest of the day is going to go. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I don't know about my business. I don't know about my family. I don't know about, I understand, understand that. You're relying on eyesight. You're in a dark season. Rely on insight. And God's word is a firm thing upon which you stand let me give you something to hang on to. Hebrews 13, 5, he has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. So that we may say, yeah, so that we may say, the Lord is my helper. Whom shall I fear? What is that? Changing my understanding. I'm now standing under truth. I'm standing on something called God's word. I'm standing on faith. I'm seeing through insight and I'm understanding God said. I won't leave you. I won't forsake you. One of the things that's ministered to me since Cindy's gone to heaven is that promise. I shared it with our church back home. The idea of leaving means to remove one's physical presence from someone. You can leave someone. You can remove your presence from them. To forsake means you've disconnected with them emotionally. Now look, here's what we know. You can be connected to someone physically. You're disconnected to them emotionally. I don't look at the person next to you. <clears throat> you can be connected to someone emotionally. You're disconnected from them physically. You have someone in the military. Someone's not with you, a child, not living at home now. 
You miss them. You're connected emotionally. You're not connected physically. But you know what our Heavenly Father said about us? I won't remove my presence from you, and I'll never emotionally disconnect with you. I'm a friend that will come into your life when every other friend is walk out. He said, look, I will never leave you or forsake you. That's some, that's some insight right there. That's something you can change your focus and look to this morning and say, God, you've promised this, and I'm going to stand on your word, and I'm going to believe that you are with me in and through all things. So the first way you see in the dark, number one, look to God. Number two, he said to rely on their God. I would put it to you this way, to lean on God. The word rely is this idea. It's the root word for the word staff. It's the word uh, to describe what a shepherd would hold in his hand to steady him and to help him as he walked. Some of you have hiked and you hike with a staff. It steadies you. It helps you in rocky areas and unstable areas and uneven areas. And what he's saying is when you change your focus and your focus is on your heavenly father, just as you look with him and you rely on insight, now you lean on him. Can I suggest to you that God may put you in a dark season from, from time to time so that you learn to lean? One of the things we in America are so great at is being very self-reliant. And that's a wonderful thing. But can I tell you, sometimes the devil will use that against you. We do what we can as long as we can, and then the doctor says to us, well, you better pray. We've done all we can. And you go, are we down to that? (laughs) I got to pray? And sometimes we look at God as the last resort instead of the first resort. And so sometimes God will put us through a series of seasons, and some of them are dark seasons, so that we can learn to lean and depend on him. I don't know about you, I pray more when I'm in trouble. Do you? Don't lie, you're in church. I think we all do. And if the desire of our Heavenly Father is to have a relationship and fellowship with us, then doesn't it stand to reason if the only time we talk to him is when we're in trouble, that might be why we stay in trouble. I've shared this principle with you before in Job 14.1. He said, man who is born of woman, and that's pretty much all of us, He said, man who is born of woman is of a few days, and those few days are full of trouble. Here's the cycle. You ready? You're in trouble right now. You're getting out of trouble right now. You're about to get back in trouble right now. It's a cycle. And in those seasons, God is teaching us to change your focus. Man, don't don't, don't look at the storm. Look at the Savior. Don't count the sheep. Talk to the shepherd. (laughs) Change your focus. And in that experience, learn to lean on him. Say, God, you're all that I need. You're all that I have. What did did the psalmist say, famous 23rd Psalm? The Lord is my shepherd. What's the next line? I shall not want. Man, when you're connected to your shepherd and you're looking to him and you're leaning on him and he's guiding you saying, I'm not leaving you. I ain't going nowhere. I got you. There's a purpose for this. I'm developing you in the dark season. Trust me. Then you can say, it's all I need. I just needed that assurance. Here's my last thought. He then gives a warning in verse 11. He says, don't light your own torch. (laughs) Don't try to get out of this on your schedule. He said, if you do this, you're going to lie down in sorrow. Be careful that you lose patience in this process. And I would say, how I would summarize the point is you got to leave it with with God. you got to leave it with God. You ever been given this advice, do something even if it's wrong? Can I tell you, that's the dumbest advice one human ever gave another one. Do something, even if it's wrong? When it was ever right to do wrong, thinking that the right thing will come about as a result. I'm just suggesting you sometimes the best thing you could do is learn how to wait on God. What was that famous Isaiah 40? Those who wait on the Lord renew their strength. It doesn't, wait doesn't mean kick back and do nothing. You go to a restaurant in a little while and you have a waiter. Does the waiter just kick back and do nothing? Well, maybe it depends on the restaurant. But typically... Uh, <laughs> Typically, the waiter is attending to you. The waiter is watching to make sure you're good because the waiter's going to get a tip, and they should. So I'm suggesting the idea of waiting on the Lord is not passive, it's active. It's this thing of saying, God, while I'm in the process and I can't get out of the darkness, I'm going to look to you and I'm going to lean on you, and listen, I'm going to leave this with you, and I'm waiting on you. Your timing is perfect. 
Not only can you not fail, you will not fail. It's not his nature to fail. God's never dropped you and looked out of heaven and go, oops. (laughs) Someone has well said, has it ever occurred to you, nothing has ever occurred to God. He's never looked down out of heaven and just discovered you and said, how in the world did you get yourself in that mess? You've never taken a dark season to him in prayer and had him say, I'm going to have to get back to you. You are really messed up. I got some kids down there. I got some little sick puppies down there. But you, ooh, you might be one of the worst. Your prayers won't stump him. Your prayers will not, will not shock him. There's no new thing under the sun. I know in ministry from time to time, people feel like they need to, to kind of confess to us as pastors to kind of unburden their soul. But can I tell you something? We have a high priest that you confess to. You don't have to do that with us. but some people feel better if they feel like they can tell their pastor what they've done and can I give you a little inside baseball here's what I've learned I've learned if you want people to feel comfortable talking to you never look shocked (laughs) never look shocked I've had people I've been talking to yes well yeah I'm okay all right well okay all right what you you buried them where no that didn't happen but (laughs) no that never happened (laughs) But, I, but I'm just saying, when you go to God, I might shock you, you might shock me, you ain't shocking him. Can I suggest this to you? There's not a sin you've committed that he cannot forgive. Not one. Not one. There's only one sin called the unforgivable sin. You know what it is? That is to step in the presence of God one day through death, never receiving Jesus as your Savior. That's it. That's it. God says, if you walk by the cross and trample under your feet the blood of my son as though it means nothing to you and you resist the drawing of the Holy Spirit all your life, you blaspheme the work of the Holy Spirit. One day when death comes, I won't overlook that. You won't get into heaven if you dishonor my son by not receiving him as Savior. But listen, that's the only sin he won't forgive. So there's no sin he won't forgive. By the way, there's no burden he won't lift. You didn't come in here carrying something he can't handle. In fact, you came in here carrying stuff he alone can handle. You know what he said to you? Cast all your cares upon me, for I care for you. When my daughter had twins, I was going with her one day, and they were at that point where you got the little seats things that clip in and clip out, and I don't know, in my, my, our day there, Dan, we didn't have those, we just, they just, you know, good luck with all that, right? <laughs> we, the, the seat restraint was this action right here, right? <laughs> I remember sleeping in the back window on vacations, laying back there while my dad was driving, right? Sleeping in the floorboard, back into the pickup. Anyway, I digress. The point is, my daughter's carrying these, these babies. She's got the, she's got the, the little uh, kit with all the bottles and stuff in there on her back. What do you call that thing? Well, she got that strapped on her back, and she's carrying them. And here I am walking alongside her with nothing. She's carrying these babies. She's got that little pack on her back with all their gear. And I thought, gosh, this is embarrassing. You're going to have to let me carry those, honey. And so she hands them over to me, and so I carried them. And in that parking lot, I thought, there's a sermon illustration here somewhere. I thought, you know, we walk into church like Shannon carrying those babies. We're just so burdened down. We got stuff on our back. We got stuff in both hands. And we walk in. We try to praise, but we can't get our hands up because we're carrying some stuff. And we try to stand and hug somebody, but our arms are so heavy with the weight of the world that we're carrying that we can't even reach and we can't even hug anybody (laughs) pre-COVID. And so we're walking around with all this weight. And our Heavenly Father is saying, I'm right here. Why are you carrying that? Cast all your cares upon me, for I care for you. And all of a sudden, you hand him that, and he goes, I got it. And you go, wow, that feels better. I think I'm going to praise the Lord. <laughs> wow. That, that feels better. I think I'm going to hug a brother. <laughs> and all that changes. So what have I learned? I learned there's no sin he can't forgive. I've learned there's no burden he can't lift. Here's the third thing I've learned. I've learned there's no problem he can't solve. You didn't bring anything to him he can't handle. There's nothing you can get yourself into he can't get you out of. 
There's no new thing under the sun, Solomon said. You ain't that messed up. God can fix you. He can fix it. He can fix that. And so if that's put you into a dark season, look to him. Lean on him. Leave it with him. I heard the story that I could relate to of a father who had lost his wife. This father had a little girl who now had lost her mother. And they went back to that house for the first time without that mother there. The house seemed so cold, so empty, so dark. The father began to try to tuck his little girl into bed the first night she would have without his, her mother. And she looked at him and she says, Dad, can I sleep with you tonight? It's a dark night and I'm afraid. Can I sleep with you? He goes, you sure can, sweetheart. So he took her by her little hand and walked her into their bedroom and he tucked her in bed. He prayed over her. And just before he walked around to his side of the bed, she says, Dad, this is a dark night. He said, I know, baby, it's a dark night. She says, Dad, is your face, is your face toward me? He said, baby, I'm looking right at you. She says, can you see me, Dad, in the dark? He said, baby, Dad, can see you in the dark. He said, in a little while, she went to sleep. He said, I thought about that as I went around to my side of the bed. I crawled into bed, and I looked up at my heavenly Father. And I said, this is a dark night. I think it's the darkest night I've had. Heavenly Father, can you see me? Can you see me through this darkness? And he said it was as though the God of heaven said, Son, I can see you in the dark. I can love you through the dark. And with that assurance, that dad went to sleep. There's a beautiful verse in Isaiah where he said, God will give you treasures in the darkness. Treasures in the darkness. You know, there's some things God will only give you in those dark seasons. There's blessings that can come in the dark seasons. There's a point. There's a purpose. There's a reason. So would you look to him? Would you lean on him? Would you leave it with him? God will not fail you. Listen, if you don't know Jesus, I highly recommend him. You can humble your heart. You can receive him into your life. It doesn't mean your season of darkness may end today, but it means you'll have someone who can develop you in the darkness. He can bless you. He's not only the God of the day, he's the God of the night. And he can bless you in those night seasons. God bless you guys.
created you to be unbreakable even during the darkest season of your life he never takes his eyes off you he knows exactly where you're at and what you're going through and he will bring you through it we'll go through this season this crazy season we're in we'll go through it together because we are unbreakable that's how he made you you cannot break now you can choose to break but you don't have to break. Father God, we love you with all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our soul, and all of our strength. Thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for encouraging us this morning. Thank you for blessing us this morning. Thank you for making us and creating us to be unbreakable during the darkest season of our life. We love you. We praise you. Thank you that your eyes are turned toward us. And we're coming through this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Did you enjoy Dr. Bill Ramsey today? Wasn't he good? We love you all. Have an amazing day. Have a great lunch. And we'll see you all next week. Bye-bye. 
Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And you can do that right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on the cross for my sins, and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my savior, to guide my life and give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this, and your precious son, Jesus Christ's name. Amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time, or if you need prayer, we would love to connect you with resources and support you to take your next step in your new walk with Christ. Text HEAVEN to 94000 to get started. Thank you for joining us today, and make sure you join us next Sunday, either online or in person, for 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. services.